G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, as you may have even had these feelings yourself, there's been some widespread sadness at the death this week of Friends star Matthew Perry. He was just 54 years old, found dead at his Los Angeles home last weekend. A lot of fans are literally heartbroken at the loss. David Robertson is joining us once again. He's got his own thoughts on Matthew Perry and Friends. He's known as the We Flee, his popular blog site. He's now pastoring a Presbyterian church at Hamilton in the Newcastle region. And David's back with us. Hey, David, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, it's nice to be back with you and nice to be speaking from the northern climes of Newcastle, which is just wonderful. Hey, uh, you were obviously a Friends fan. Uh, Did you watch an episode or two when it was popular? Yeah, I did. Um, I kind of got turned off it a bit, Um, but it's one of those things that on TikTok and uh, YouTube, it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up. So for some of us, Friends was very much part of... uh, our lives in the sense that um, it was the number one TV show, I believe, for several years, maybe for even up to 10 years. Uh, and it's had a kind of resurgence recently because of TikTok and YouTube. It's quite funny. There are people who think it's uh, dated and, you know, it's funny how political correctness moves on. It's now considered to be misogynistic even or homophobic or transphobic or whatever. So. You know, you never know. In 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 five years' time, maybe you'll be dated as well, Neil. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely confident of that. Hey, he didn't have just a friend's career, but he was in movies and things too. Um, other TV shows as well. Boys will be boys. Growing Pains. Ally McBeal. The West Wing. Uh, he was in the movie The Whole Nine Yards. I remember going to see that movie when it came out. Uh, other movies, 17 Again, Fools Rush In and Three to Tango. So it's not just Friends, but he was a magnetic personality and a very funny character. And uh, he had a special following. And so when we lose someone like that, yes, there's a deep, heartfelt grief for a lot of fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, the sad thing for me was the character he played in Friends actually reflected his own character, someone who had deep personal pain, uh, family breakup and everything else, but who tried to cope with things by just making everything into a joke. And uh, I mean, he had everything. He had, you know, the fame. In one sense, he had everything. In another sense, when you read his autobiography, you realize he had nothing. I would not want his life at all. Well, it's no secret, is it, that he struggled uh, with drugs and alcohol for years and uh, he was only in Australia last year and uh, with the thought of, you know, kick-starting his career again and uh, so that's why I, I guess because it's so current that he was in Australia and made a bit of a splash while he was here uh, that people are especially attuned to his loss right now. Well, yeah, and I think people have this illusion that because we've seen someone on the television, and and, I mean, even in his autobiography, he says this, you know, that we were so much part of people's lives. 
But to be honest, for most of us, it was just wallpaper. It was something, you know, the, the, the show was well done. It was quite funny. Um, but I don't think many of us based our life on friends. And most of us didn't regard it as realistic. Although I think certain coffee chains thought it was wonderful because <laughs> it gave the impression that to go out and drink coffee in a cafe was mega cool. Um, so that, that makes me mega cool, by the way. <laughs> well, we all think that, don't we? Hey, uh, there's an interesting dimension here to explore because uh, he released an autobiography and uh, there were some allusions in there to his own spirituality and his faith. Uh, you were monitoring some of those. Yeah, I was. So it, it's interesting that I've read a number of articles which basically said that he met God, that he became a Christian and so on. I think he certainly had some spiritual experiences. And in the book, he says things that uh, indicate, you know, he talks about an experience in his kitchen where he sensed the presence of God. Uh, but then he went on to live a life that just completely denied that. And in fact, his concept of God, we have to be really careful when we use the term God, it has to have some kind of content. And his concept of God, um, so for example, he talks about when people quit drinking and the light slowly comes back into their lives, that's all God to me. Um, and then I, I, in the same sentence afterwards, he says something that I won't repeat on here, that he would just tell God to go and get lost in, in, in so many words. Um, he, so he had this sense of spirituality. I, I think he almost saw God as a kind of drug. But I think Christians have to be particularly careful when someone uses the word God. What does that mean? And I don't think that for Matthew Perry it meant the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's put it that way. Uh, some even within churches uh, might be confused by this thought that uh, being a spiritual person is the same as being a Christian person in a biblical sense. Uh, there's quite a big difference, isn't there, David? Yeah, there is. There's a, there's a huge difference. So, for example, I'll give you a quote from the book. I've seen God in my kitchen of all places, so I know there's something bigger than me. We would all say, yes, of course. I know I can't make a plan for a start. I know it's an omnipresent love and acceptance that means that everything's going to be okay. I know something happens when you die. I, I know you move on to something wonderful. Well, that isn't actually what Jesus taught. And Jesus came to reveal to us God. So Matthew Perry's God is, I think, a vague spiritual force that makes him feel good. It's As he indicates as well, sometimes it was uh, a sense of, um, how will I put it? just something bigger, something better. Now, my hope and prayer is that he met somebody who told him about Christ, who told him who that somebody was. That would have been really, really significant. In fact, one of the things when I read the book, I felt so desperately sad at the book. I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it at all. I just thought it was so narcissistic and shows the shallowness of our culture. But it showed his lostness. And I just felt this tremendous urge to go and say to people, yeah, this God that you're looking for, we know who he is and we can tell you who he is. Uh, and I have no doubt at all that he he did seek God. So, you know, who knows uh, what happened uh, at the end. But, I mean, he's a classic example of having all the money, all the sex, everything else. Forget it. It 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 it, it just did not work for him. Um, and, and I think it, it's, there's a great lesson in that as well. Is there a sense uh, when you've got a spirituality that says, uh, this is the way I perceive God, 
that somehow or other, if we're not careful, we get to be guilty of creating God in our own image, uh, what our own mind would like God to be, and not, in fact, at all what he's revealed himself to be. There's a big difference there too, isn't there? I think there's an enormous difference. I think we do create gods in our own image. And some people would say, well, that's all religion is anyway. But the answer to that is no, that is not the case because Jesus came down to reveal God to us. And sometimes the God who Jesus reveals to us isn't the God that we are of our imagination. In fact, he often isn't the God of our imagination. And I think one of the dangers of the, the way that Perry talked about it and the others have picked up so enthusiastically is we we work on the theory that God is just the inner light within us. Well, no, the light within us is great darkness. The light that we need is the light of Christ. And, you know, when I look at, when I re- read that book and I look at his life, um, do you know there's almost nothing to celebrate in it? It's it's so sad. It's so empty. It's so lonely. And for all the fact, you know, he did a show, program called Friends and the five other stars are saying, oh, we really miss and so on. Yeah, but... None of them were there when he died, and that may sound a really harsh thing to say, but he just, I mean, the way he treated people, you know, especially women, um, he could get whatever women he wanted, he thought, and he, he, he certainly got a lot. But it was so sadly self-absorbed. Um, you know, he reflects later on that he would have liked to have been married and had children, uh, he he saw his fame as a curse, not a blessing. Uh, and I'm sure it was a curse. So as I say, there's a sadness there. There is some evidence within what he says of uh, a genuine awareness of there being a God. And I do hope that someone somewhere was able to connect with him and, and, and tell him who Jesus is. Because everything he's longing for would have been met in Christ. Celebrity is a very big challenge uh, for people who are in that realm because, as you know, we talk about celebrity and money and success and sex, uh, brings to mind that scripture about it being easier for the camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, There's a certain sense, isn't there, that when you've got so many distractions of all of those things that are going for you in this world uh, that can blind you to those things that are important. Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, in the book, he cannot help but name drop about all these celebrities he knew. He knew Bruce Willis, for example, or he went out with Julia Roberts, and um, he just does this all the time. But at the same time, there's just this incredible, desperate loneliness And it's this loneliness, this spiritual hunger, this desire for meaningful relationships, um, and and the knowledge that his $100 million or whatever it was, his $30 million house in California, you know, none of it remotely satisfied him. And the amount of drugs he was on, it was really quite astonishing that he lived as long as he did. Um, But it's... I, I identified with some of the things because he had a particular very serious illness, which was similar to one that I had, not caused by drugs, but uh, with some similar consequences. And I could identify with the feelings that he had. But he just came out, went sober for a while, and then went back to it all again. You know, it's just so sad. 
David, for listeners to our conversation today who really did have a, you know, a special soft spot for Matthew Perry, who might even be experiencing the sort of grief that you have when you lose a family member because, you know, some people like that, they just feel so close to us. What comfort or what message is there, do you think, for the Christian believer who's trying to make sense of the world and is the world that he was living in a different world to the one I'm living in? What does all this mean for my faith today? What are your thoughts here? Well, I think there's a warning in that, actually. I think you didn't have a relationship with him. You had... uh, uh, like I feel where Bobby Charlton died or people you know, who are quite famous who've been part of the backdrop of your life, you miss the fact that they're not there, but you didn't know them. You didn't know their personal life. You didn't know the struggles they had. Um, you never spoke to them. So there's no way in which you really had a relationship. It's a cultural thing. But I do think it is right for us to grieve at the death of a human being and one who may have had some impact upon us because to some extent or other, he gave us pleasure, uh, he entertained us, he, he did some good things for us. Uh, and for me, you know, I, uh, I did and do feel sorrow for his death, but I haven't lost anyone personally. And I do feel that the big emphasis to take for me as a Christian is, here was a lost person who needed to hear about Jesus. I've got to tell those people about Jesus. And maybe I don't get to talk to the, you know, the Hollywood stars, but the person down the road from me is just as important in God's eyes. And, you know, everyone has the the sense of longing that Matthew Perry had was exemplified, was, sorry, um, magnified because he had the ability to seek after things with lots of money and his fame. Um, And so the pain for him was even more severe when he found they couldn't satisfy. Is there a sense that a lot of people tend to vicariously live out their dreams through the lives of celebrities? And so when we lose that celebrity and, uh, you know, the bubble bursts, uh, it's not all that we thought it was, that somehow or other our grief is all the more enhanced because we haven't got a hold of something a little bit deeper? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, we're in trouble if we weep at the death of a soap opera character and we don't weep at the death of a neighbor or a relative, you know, so we're, we're, we're transferring our emotions into things that are not real. That's a form of escapism. In a sense, it can be as much a form of a drug as the kind of drugs that Perry was taking. So I think we need to be very, very careful. To be a Christian means to be real. To have real relationship means to experience pain. But because we know Christ, we also experience love and we can pass on that love. And again, I come back to him and just say, was there no one? Was there no one who shared with him the love of Christ? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. But going through the book, that's what I just find myself saying over and over again. Every question you're you're asking is answered in Christ. And when you read an autobiography, you're checking for those clues, aren't you? You're saying, is there something of substance in this person's faith? And you're wanting to make an assessment, an evaluation about where they were before God. And uh, it might be a very sad thing if we come up with the thought that Matthew Perry did not have a Christian faith. He perhaps had a spirituality, but didn't have a Christian faith. And we even say saving faith in Christ. 
Uh, yeah. Always good getting your insights, David Robertson. And uh, let me point listeners to theweflee.com and they'll be able to follow on some articles that you're writing and uh, they might even be able to check on something that you've written there about Matthew Perry, theweflee.com. David Robertson is known as The We Flee, his popular blog site. Uh, now pastoring a Presbyterian church in Hamilton in Newcastle. And before I let you go, Dave, uh, you're being inducted tomorrow. I am indeed. I mean, I'm, I'm still uh, at the moment working for Sydney Anglicans. Uh, we've, we're waiting to, you know, to get all visa things sorted out. But I'm being seconded, if you like, in a partnership agreement with this church. So I am being inducted as their, I think they're saying gospel commissioned worker uh, on tomorrow evening at seven o'clock. So if you're in the Hamilton area, if you're in the Newcastle area, come and join us. Well, I think your reputation is as a fabulous networker and uh, you're back in charge of a church, the Presbyterian Church at Hamilton in Newcastle, but you can connect with David at theweflee.com. David, thanks so much for another great insight today on 2020. No, a joy to be with you. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.